Welcome to the Leaders with Leverage podcast. You're listening to a show within a show, Quick Take. This is me with my good friend, James Caps, and I'm Susie Tomanchuk. In these mini episodes, we take questions that are on the minds of executives everywhere. We take it from the practical and discuss the associated best practices. I admit we have a lot of fun along the way, so join us. These episodes are about 10 minutes long and they're actionable. They're tips that you can incorporate today. Let's do this. Hey, Susie, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. And last time we were together off camera, I said to you, what kind of concept do you want to talk about? And so I'm, I'm this week saying to you, what do you think we should scratch at today? You know, one of the things that, that came up when we were talking was about uh, somebody that you were working with who had applied and, and gotten an executive role, but found that they've uh, really ended up doing much a very different function mm-hmm. in that role than the one that they technically, arguably, were hired for. And it it made me think about the jobs that I'd been hired for and how I often drifted away from what I felt like maybe was the firm's intention. Um, and I started thinking about how people actively and passively do that. And I was uh, reminded of an article I read a while back about a concept called um, job crafting, which is really the the act of actively adjusting your job to better fit your skills. Um, and, and I think that there's a really great opportunity to, to, to talk about that with, in leadership and saying, look, you can do this in a way that both makes you more productive and also makes you better at your job. And, and you know, your satisfaction always ends up uh, leading to your company's satisfaction. Maybe not always. That. We'll say we'll say ninety percent of the time. <laughs> what I love about that is because you know I've worked with people with their strengths, so yep, very that's aligned. exactly right. And really, the research shows that when you do something that comes naturally to you, you do it with not only excellence but also a lot more passion. And so I love that alignment with who you are as a person. So tell me more about how do, how does that actually tactically work within an organization? Well, I think it's interesting. I have two interesting examples. One is one about in the article I read, uh, which is actually uh, written uh, by a, a couple of uh, uh, researchers at uh, in the Michigan Ross uh, School of Business. Um, and then they re, uh, republished a, an updated version in, in the HBR uh, in 2020. But what they're talking about is it's not a passive accidental action. It's, a, it's an act active decision. So for example, um, in, the, in, the, in the paper they wrote, they talked about how a chef goes from being a cook to making his work an art. So, and that, that cognitive change in your head saying, look, no longer am I just providing French fries. I'm making sure that those things are, it is a representation of me. Now it's harder when it's, we're talking French fries, but if you talk about a, a cook working somewhere that is, they have a little bit of flexibility, which I think is key. And we'll talk about that here in a minute, but you can change the way you look at your job and that's an active decision. Um, And that allows that person to behave better and be more productive because they're thinking of it, that they are contributing in a way that is artistic versus just being a menial cook. Um, The other example is my example. I, when I was hired as the CTO of a, a small startup in Denver here, 
I walked in the door, did my meet and greet with everybody. They, I went to my office and uh, that the IT leader came in and handed me a dog-eared piece of paper that was probably ripped out of a spiral notebook uh, and a coffee stain on it. And it had, and he handed it to me and he goes, here are all the root passwords. And I said, uh, so the root passwords, uh, for those of our listeners that don't know, are the passwords to all the servers. And there are the, the superpower, the, the God login that you can do anything. And, and by having those, I would be able to, to absolutely fix and create all the problems. And I handed it back to him. I'm saying, that's just not me. I can't possibly... I don't want that. And if I have those, I'm the wrong guy for this job. And that was within 24 hours, well, what, eight hours of having that job that I pivoted from what that previous CTO had, because mm-hmm. he had those, it was important to him and he maintained those to me. And I immediately changed the way that my role would be um, structured. And that, while it was an active decision, it did allow me to be better at what I was doing and showed vis-a-vis the previous CTO what I was, uh, what I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, I was job crafting. I'm saying, look, yeah. I am not this guy. I am this guy. Uh, and I think what is neat about this, this concept is it was really about, look, you as an as a individual contributor or manager, which I think are both uh, uh, part of this discussion, should decide what, is, what, what do you like to do and how do you actively make your job more aligned with that? And I think it's that, that, um, that decision-making process which gives you the, the empowerment and makes you more successful in a role. I, I guess the thing that comes to mind for me is where are those lines? Like, when do you go, well, you know, that filing and keeping track of all the CRM uh, data and metadata, mm-hmm. just not what I do well. So I'm going to give that to somebody else. Like, you know what I'm getting at? Like, Sure, I totally do. How do you empower somebody to, to own it in the way that's going to be beneficial to them and the organization? Well, let's be clear. There's a difference between, you know, uh, job crafting and dereliction of duty. I mean, you can't just say, you know, I, I just don't feel like getting on the computer this year. Um, or, you know, that's just, there. there is a line. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, in fact, the research shows that there are three really interesting ways uh, that you can do this. There's through tasks, which you described, you know, crafting your tasks to be different. There's relationship crafting, which I think is really interesting. And then there's cognitive crafting, which I kind of talked about. So let me take it gander at each one of those okay. three things. I also would like two internet points for using the word gander uh, in, in a podcast. Uh, not okay. often happening. Um, thank you. Two Noted. points for that. Noted. Noted. All right. oh, I'll write it down. If you could. Um, okay. So task crafting is when you change the tasks that you do that more align with you. For example, I'm an accountant who is responsible and hired for keeping track of certain numbers, but I find that these tasks are repetitive. I'm going to learn to write some 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 uh, JavaScript, or I'm gonna, or I'm going to learn to use um, you know uh, some macros in Excel to make my job easier. That certainly wasn't, or may not have been in the job description. But you're changing your task to maybe take uh, some to be able to more more creative, or maybe you have an IT bend. You know, relationship crafting. I do this a lot, where I look at the people that are my stakeholders and then find their stakeholders and get to know them and learn those additional people. I like people, despite the fact that I'm in technology, I like the people part. So for me, I am seen as successful because I have decided my relationships will change. So I craft that part of my business. And there's the cognitive crafting, which is, um, you know, uh, positioning the way that you think about your job. 
One of my favorite examples of this, I think, is when Kennedy uh, uh, visited Cape Canaveral uh, before we went to the moon and he was talking to everybody and he turned to a guy who was emptying the trash can and uh, the guy said, he said to him, what are you doing? He goes, I'm helping put a man on the moon. So that guy had pivoted from saying, cognitively pivoted, I'm no longer emptying trash cans. I am contributing to putting a man on the moon. Yeah. Um, now, I think those of you who are listening will probably be texting me later saying that that's an urban legend, but I don't care. It's a great story and we'll pretend it was real and it applied here. So, uh, but the fact is, is it does totally apply to this yeah. type of, of, of cognitive tasking. So I think you just have to understand where you can bend those rules and find a way that it works, works in, in, your, in your firm. And I think it also is, it's, that's super interesting to look at it in those three different categories. And also, the, as we all know that the, the younger generation, and I air quotes, because it's not me, but just people that are a little bit younger, uh, like Days. to understand their purpose. And so if you can give them that um, ability to even if it's indirect, to say it is for the bigger purpose of the organization to achieve this, then it, it has a more purposeful sure. orientation. Look, look, I think every employee, regardless of age or, or experience, it's three things, right? It's Dan Pink's three, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And, yeah. and I think if you have those three and you can take those three and, and enhance them through this job crafting, I now have, mastery. I am mastering Excel because I no longer am just plugging numbers in. I'm actually writing macros for that. I am, you know, my autonomy has allowed me to take from just serving up lunch at this restaurant. Now I'm creating works of art. Yeah. Those things really come into play. And I think it does, it drives and motivates people considerably. All right. So how about, can you give me maybe if I'm listening to this and I think, I really want to do this. What are some of the things or ideas that you would give me that I need to ask myself or think about maybe three, because everybody always says everything in three. Are there three things that, that you can direct me to do to try to get myself in this job crafting space? You know, I think first um, I would look at the job that you're doing now and figure out where are you already doing this? Find the ways that you have, what are the, or, or better yet, what are the, the things about your job that you like the most? Um, you know, uh, I know a teacher who um, equates uh, their teaching to playing in the band that they played in high school because they love being in front of the crowd and they like performing. And so when we talked about that, it asked, it, it uh, enhanced his or, or excited him to maybe get involved in more of those kind of activities. And I think it's really doing a, a self-assessment of what you're doing today as part of your job and how do you, uh, uh, and so I, to identify the things that you like to do the most, really it's know thyself, if you will, and, and, and find that. Okay. Um, and then I think secondarily, it would be really find a place for you to, um, uh, to expand that thing you find, right? You can't, uh, you gotta know what you have before you can go there. And I think, and, and remember that every company is just a bunch of people working together. And even no matter what your thing is, there's going to be some places that you can, you can do that. Um, and I think obviously third, uh, I think asking uh, for help, asking for th external um, uh, perspective on that, you know, talk to your mentors, talk to your coach. When you, what am I doing when my eyes light up? What are the things that yeah. you see me do that really get me excited? Help me connect yeah. with those so I can find ways to, to better do that. So that would be my, my, my three uh, good uh, 
actions you could take to really start job crafting uh, in, in your role today. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I can even see how as an entrepreneur, I could do that too. Absolutely. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There are definitely things that we do together that I know that these are the things that you, you have to do. And these are the things you get to do. Yeah. And, um, and those, the latter are the ones that are the most fun to share with you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you bringing this, this topic, because I think it's very important for us to, you know, we're always searching, how do we get, raise up our purpose, but also our passion and we, why not do what we do best? And apply that our best self, really applying. Well, our best and I self. often think people forget that you can do the things you like in the within the construct you have. Yeah. You know, again, my teacher, he wanted it. He likes to perform. Well, he's a teacher. I don't think we're going to do. You know, he's not going to be able to do that. But, you know, when you really ask yourself, well, what what gets you excited? There are ways to to apply that. So, awesome. it's a good good approach. All right, love it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Leaders with Leverage. If you're ready to continue your professional growth, commit to accelerating your career development, and say goodbye to that anxious feeling in your stomach anytime you need to advocate for yourself, then get my book, The Art of Everyday Negotiation Without Manipulation. In this book, you'll learn the essential steps to take before entering into any negotiation or conversation, any interaction in your day-to-day. You'll discover what the other party really needs and be clear about what you're going after. You'll bust through your fears and boost your confidence and embrace that negotiation truly happens all around us. Head to the link in the show notes for more and you can even get a bonus if you buy it today.